As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to the Saturday Slammin' Jam, hosted by Andrew Schlicht with Alex Spears. How about we can just watch basketball? That's a man's jam! I like that idea. Live from Oklahoma. Click, click. With questions and participants from all around the world. Anthony Edwards! Put that on a poster! Whether you're flipping your flapjacks, tending to your yard, or just sipping your coffee, get ready, sit back, relax. It's the Saturday Slammin' Jam. Fact is, I missed this shot. I walk away. I'm still a chump. Here's Andrew. Welcome to the Saturday Slam and Jam. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. Be sure to go to theathletic.com slash NBA show and get The Athletic for $3.99 a month. I've got Alex Spears with me, as always. Alex, first round of the playoffs. We're, we're three games in, two games in to some of these series. Mm. And today we're going to go through some takes. Al, we, oh, baby. we feel like we know everything now. <laughs> we have all the information we need on all these teams. We do. And I, uh, for this week especially, I'm getting to experience as a, as an East Coast fan. Uh, I am I am in Philadelphia right now for the past couple of days, and it's been miserable <laughs> having to stay up so late to watch these games. They're great games, Andrew. They're great games. The, you, but you know, they end at one a.m. The real fans are on the East Coast. It takes they are. true commitment to be a fan. I of the have NBA. so much respect. I mean, I think back to like. You know, the basketball Jones guys way back in the day in Toronto, having to watch all those games every night and do a daily show. Amazing. It is absolutely amazing. Uh, Something else that's amazing. I want to give a nod before we get into our first take. It's just to some of these young guards. It's been so much fun. Not only are these guys good, talking John Morant, Trey Young, Luka Doncic, not only have they been like really, really good, but they're just fun like the theatrics that all of those guys bring the swagger that all those guys bring has been so fun and I just wanted to give a specific shout to Ja because I don't know that he'll get as much shine because that that series will probably be done in five would be my guess but the 47 points that he put up was so spectacular it's a Grizzlies single game record for playoffs or uh, for regular season. No other Grizzly has ever scored that many points in a game. And he's the youngest player in like modern NBA history to score 47 points in the first two years of their career in the playoffs. Wow. So 
big shouts. That's just, that's to me, that's just a really big deal. And the Grizzlies have a, have a real star on their hands. I don't know. I mean, have the Grizzlies ever had a star like this in the history of their franchise? Like that, like with that type of personality, yeah, can, just like mainstream appeal, like no, yeah, just the whole package that he brings. Like they've had like Marc Gasol, where you ha- like guys have to talk you into how much he brings, right? Or you have yeah, like, and Pal Gasol obviously was great in his early years. Sure, Josh is transcending the Memphis Grizzlies franchise. I mean, he's becoming like a star in this league mm-hmm. that, that people gravitate towards, and that's that's a difference. Yeah, I love it. I'm just really excited for it. I'm excited for the future of what the Grizzlies can bring because they're going to be really, really tough. And I feel like they're going to enter in like another phase of like that grit and grind where they're going to be really good for a long time. And they've got tons of really good role players and they really just need that second guy to develop alongside Ja. And it should be Jaron Jackson Jr., but I guess we'll see who that will be. Now, Andrew, in, in your list of uh, young guards, you're excited about exciting young guards. Why didn't you include Austin Rivers? <laughs> we had the Austin Rivers game in game uh, three of the Nuggets Blazers series. We did. He. I don't even know if we picked him for the Nuggets because when we were talking, when we were previewing that series, he should have been the guy because it's obvious. Like, if there was going to be a game, it was going to be the Austin Rivers game. Yeah, I would also argue that he's so necessary for them to. To win these games, that it, it's hard to call it one of those games. He'll have to have more if they're going to continue to be in the playoffs. Uh, okay, Alex, my first take for today, and I just we just need to get some of these off of our chest. I don't know how much I believe in these. Maybe we can even give a rating scale one to ten how much we actually believe mm. in our takes. But my my first take is the Milwaukee Bucks are going to the NBA Finals. I mean, before you say how confident you are in it, how about we talk about how hot it is? Like, is that even hot at this point? Because I feel like they've been so impressive in the first round. And it's not just because they're beating a team 3-0. It's the team they are beating 3-0. Yeah, I had had this take even before tonight. And it even, it didn't feel as hot, right? Like, it doesn't feel as hot after they dismantle the heat because it felt like this should be a game the heat should battle back and maybe have some back and forth before the bucks ultimately beat the heat because the the bucks look like the superior team the bucks are exercising their demons in that series and in a crazy way yes and i think that they're finally going to be the team that we thought they should have been the past two seasons where they break through and get to the finals. Because I, I don't know how many people picked the Bucks to go to the finals last year. Probably a lot. They were statistically the team that if you were a smart NBA guy, that's the team you should have picked. And I think that they have grown enough together. They have the right pieces now. And the defense that they have is spectacular. And it's all... Drew Holiday is still probably perpetually underrated because he's not like this star like the Nets have, right? Where all those guys can go get you a bucket whenever. But he does everything you would want somebody to do. And they have Chris Middleton who can score and defend. Giannis is obviously doing everything for them too. But it, it really does feel like that Drew Holiday piece was the missing guy this whole time. He's big enough to defend pretty much anybody. And he shows up in the most important moments which he has done throughout his career. 
So I'm I'm pretty excited to see this next series, which I think that we can all see the the Nets Bucks collision. I'm very excited to see that. It's awesome. And if they really do break through, I mean, this is going to be one of the toughest playoff runs we've seen, having to go through the team that beat you last year in, in the best season of your franchise history, then to beat the Brooklyn Nets, and then to probably have to beat Philly yeah. to get to the final. That would be an insane run. And frankly, if it did happen, those are like my favorite moments in NBA history when that when you have a team that breaks through for the first time. And we haven't really had that. You know, there was that long stretch where it was the Cavs and Warriors every single year. Yep. But like going back to when Dirk's team broke through, like when those teams break through, that is the most exciting time to be an NBA fan because it's like it feels like the whole landscape of the league is changing when that happens. And if this did happen with the Bucks, that would certainly qualify. And I think looking at how all in they went last postseason, knowing that, you know, Giannis had that decision whether to resign or not and everyone was talking about it. It's just a really exciting time and you almost have to root for them because they are really going all out for this. Yeah, I love it. And there's, of course, there's pressure on any team that's trying to win the title, but there's less pressure now that Giannis has signed his long-term deal with them. So I think that they can just really focus on the basketball and this postseason. Obviously, the big concern if you're a Bucks fan is like this Nets team still hasn't really been challenged and we still haven't seen what they are going to look like in their final form. Mm-hmm. And we are def- they're definitely going to have to bring their final form against this Bucks team. Yep. And that is just going to be a blast to watch. I because <laughs> I mean, it, it is going to be the best series of that second round, like the marquee series. Yeah, no question. Okay. Now, mine, Andrew, you told me to come up with some hot takes, and I thought about it for a while, and I could only come up with one, Andrew, but it was one that I'm very passionate about. So passionate that I stayed up till 2 a.m. last night writing what might be a five-minute monologue. So I want you to strap in, Andrew. (laughs) Buckle up. Because I have some thoughts about Kawhi Leonard. My hot take is that if the Clippers lose to the Mavs in the first round, The person who should receive the largest amount of blame is Kawhi Leonard. Now, let's start off with, is this really a hot take? Well, through two games against the Mavs, Kawhi is averaging 33.5 points, 8 rebounds, 4.5 assists, 54-39-84 shooting splits. Good! He's been great! He's been far and away the best player on the Clippers, easily the second best player on the court game to game. So how could he possibly be at fault if the Clippers lose? If they do lose, the argument's going to be, hey, listen, Kawhi did his job. He put up his stats. Blame Paul George. Blame Ty Lue. Blame the role players. Blame the GM. But you can't blame Kawhi. He did everything that was asked of him. And I would say if you're looking at this series as an isolated event, I completely agree. But a first-round loss to the Mavericks would not be an isolated event for this Clippers team. It would be a continuation of one of the biggest failures in recent NBA history. And that might sound like hyperbole, but this is the team that, depending on when you bet has had the first or second best odds to come out of the West two years in a row. That team coming away with only one playoff series win in their first two seasons is a massive failure, which I would argue forces you to look beyond just this series when assigning blame. And some may say that playing the blame game is just a dumb media thing, but if this Clippers story of the past two years doesn't deserve a close look at who is responsible, then nothing does, Andrew. (laughs) And in my opinion... If you look at the big picture, no one is more responsible for this Clippers team and their current predicament 
than Kawhi Leonard because he built this team. Yeah. He chose to leave two championship organizations to live in LA, have his own team on his terms. He chose Paul George as his running mate, put the Clippers in a position where they had to mortgage their future to get him. I would argue that he is just as responsible for this Clippers team as LeBron is for the current Lakers roster. I agree. Can, we, I, can I say something real quick? Yeah. The first two guys that he called said no. Is it? Jimmy Butler said Jimmy no. Bell- Who's the other one? Kevin Durant. Ooh. I don't know why I don't remember that. Detail. So I would just say that, yes, absolutely. I agree. He built this team, but Paul George was his third pick. All right, continue. But even so, we always make jokes about GM LeBron, but yeah. nobody thinks of Kawhi in that way. Yeah. And as a result, he gets a pass when the Clippers fail. Sure. It's like as long as he does his job, he escapes criticism. So why does he get that pass? I'd argue it's because we collectively decided who Kawhi was and what he wanted, and we have refused to adjust our assessment despite any evidence to the contrary. Because Kawhi has been doing everything he could in these last two years to tell us that he is not the guy we thought he was. We are still treating Kawhi like the guy we thought he was in Toronto or the guy we thought he was in San Antonio. But that's not who Kawhi is. Mm -hmm. He tried to tell us when he left two championship organizations for a franchise that's never made a conference finals, when he forced the Clippers to trade for Paul George, when he left Nike because they weren't treating him enough like a superstar, when he had a New Balance commercial saying this is his city... When we learned the level of star treatment he was receiving in L.A. And when he released the first single from his album, The Day of a Game 3 in an 0-2 series. Kawhi has been trying to tell us for the last two years that he is in the highest alpha tier level of NBA superstar with complete power and control over a franchise. And we refuse to treat him like it. (laughs) After Clippers games, whose postgame presser does anyone care about? Paul George. PG. Does Absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's insane. Does anyone outside of Clippers beat writers dissect what Kawhi is saying night to night in postgame pressers? No. Paul George is more of a face of the franchise for the Clippers than Kawhi. He's the one driving the narrative night to night. So we've created this situation where we all agree who the most important player on the Clippers is, who drives their decision making, who has had the most influential role in building this Clippers team. And yet we don't give Kawhi the same scrutiny and attention that we would any other superstar in that same position of power. And if and when this franchise utterly fails in embarrassing fashion two years in a row, we're going to look literally anywhere else for someone to blame because, hey, Kawhi did his job, but he hasn't. For the first time in his career, this is Kawhi's team. This is his franchise on his terms. And I think it's time we start acknowledging that these are the results. Yeah. I don't disagree. Also, Kawhi had the gall to think that he could overcome all of the Clippers' history and just wipe it clean and then just take them to the promised land. Bro, this is the Clippers. I'm sorry. I mean, Chris Paul and Blake Griffin couldn't get them to the conference finals in their prime. And now Kawhi thinks he can just stroll in and just go get it. Sorry, man. This is the Clippers. And, and it, for me, like it comes to that idea of like, he does not have a huge personality, which is totally fine. Yeah. But in the absence of a huge personality, we gave him a personality, you know, like he became the mercenary, the silent killer, you know, the silent assassin, the, the cyborg, the basketball robot. We like created this image of Kawhi in our head and we have treated him that way this, his entire career. 
when it's clear like he wants to be something else. Mm-hmm. He wants to not just be a face of the franchise. He wants, wants that like LeBron level of control and power in a franchise. And yet we just kind of ignore it. We yeah. just kind of ignore everything he's said and done these past two years. We're just treating him like the same guy. <laughs> Yeah, man, I don't, I am just so intrigued what will happen to that Clipper squad if if they do indeed go down to the Mavs, and that will be the final hot take here. And I I think that I I think I believe this on like a like a seven out of ten. I believe this. I don't know how hot this is. Mavericks Lakers conference finals for the West. I think the Mavericks are going to the conference finals, and. A lot of it's Luca, obviously. A lot of it's Luca, but the Mavs have one of the most underrated role players in the NBA, and that's Dorian Finney-Smith on the wing. This guy is shooting thirty-nine percent on five three-point attempts all season. He's been great in fifty out of sixty games. He's hit. He's at least at one three. Most of the time, he's hitting multiple threes. Everybody treats this guy like he's a non-shooter still. People get surprised. Oh, did you see what Dorian Finney-Smith did? Wow, that's that's shocking. Like the guy has been hitting threes all season for them. They're a plus five point six this season when he's on the floor, and the guy's only making four million bucks this year. One of the most underrated guys in the league, and it's been a really great story for the Mavs. So, not only do they have Luca, they have Porzingis, they have all they have all the guys that you think of. Jalen Brunson has been fantastic for them. Tim Hardaway Jr. has been great. But also you have one of the more underrated guys in Dorian Finney-Smith, who I feel like doesn't really get a lot of shine. So, But I think well, the, the Mavs will have the best player going forward. I think he's the best player in this series. I think he'll be the best player in the next series. And then I think he will be halted by the Lakers in the conference finals. But I, it's time. It's, it's Luka Doncic time where we look and think of him as, oh my gosh, like he is truly a top three player in the NBA. And I think one of the best things you could say about the Mavs is that when you said they have one of the most underrated role players, there were about four names in my head. Like right. I didn't know who you were about to say. Because <laughs> you legitimately could have said Jalen Brunson. You could even say Tim Hardaway Jr. Yeah. He's good. Like they they have they probably have the most underrated just kind of supporting cast in the league. Yeah. Just a bunch of guys that, you know, casual fan just doesn't know a lot about. Obviously, we know about Luca, and I totally agree with Luca. And this has been said a lot, but I think Bill Simmons said it recently when I was listening to his podcast. When you have these all-time great players, their breakthroughs often happen earlier than you think it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, they they sneak up on you, and all of a sudden, it's like, wow, Luca is in the Western Conference Finals at age twenty-two. Mm-hmm. And so, I'm so mad at myself for underrating Luca going into these playoffs. <laughs> Because it, re- it really was. <laughs> like I, I underrated him. As good, mm-hmm. as high on him as I was going into that draft and, and really thinking at that time, this could be an all-time great player, to then go into this playoffs and just kind of write that off. Like if he really is that type of player, this shouldn't be surprising. Like this is what happens with those all-time greats. They have these kind of series. And so, yeah, two weeks ago, I would have thought that was crazy. Mm-hmm. thinking about this Mavs team in the Western Conference Finals, watching him dissect this Clippers team who ostensibly was built to stop someone like Luka, like yeah. the star wing. Right. It's It's been incredible. Yeah, he treats Patrick Beverly as if he's not there. He, I would say he treats the majority of that Clippers roster <laughs> like they're not there. It's just, it is, 
It's been an incredible, incredible watch. Uh, something else that's incredible is our next guest, and we will get to him right after this quick break. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. And we're back from that quick break. And with us on the other side of the break is my man, Will Guillory, who covers the Pelicans, who's now just watching playoff games. Will, what's up, man? Yeah, a whole lot of free time, man. Not, not a whole lot of Zion talk anymore around these parts. We're just enjoying playoff basketball, man. And, uh, in between all the blowouts, we had a few good games here, so at least we got something to talk about. Yes, despite the uh, the league's will to have Zion in the in the playoffs, he did not make it. <laughs> yeah, the playing tournament might be eleven teams next year. Right. They gonna find a way to get him in the playoffs. <laughs> Exactly. Okay, so this is we're we're just kind of trying to get some hot takes out of there, just out of our systems, Will, and just put out there, just just to see what happens. So go ahead and bring yours to the table. I'm glad you guys are giving me this opportunity, just because I've been waiting to get this off my chest. I feel like this is something I need to scream from the rooftops. I think the your NBA champion is gonna come from a second round Eastern Conference playoff matchup between the Brooklyn Nets and the Milwaukee Bucks. Okay. I think we're clearly on the way to seeing those two collide in the second round. And I think it's going to be a battle between those two teams, but I think whoever comes out, I think that's going to be your eventual NBA champion. I think those Ooh. two squads got the most talent and they're playing at the best level right now. So that's my t- take right now. I don't know how hot that is, but that's the take I'm running with right now. So you take the Bucks over anybody in the West. I think right now, just that Drew Holiday addition, man, I think it changes so much with that team. I think Giannis is really comfortable in his role right now. It's not like he has to do as much as he used to do. I like the fact that they're actually moving Brooke Lopez closer to the basket now. He's not just jacking up 30-footers anymore. And they just fortified that bench with, you know, Brent Forbes, you know, Portis is playing well for them. I I think they just got so many pieces now. And it seemed like before it would be like, okay, they need Giannis to give you 35, 15, and 8. That's their key to winning playoff games. And and that's that's just not the case anymore. They just have so much talent. And obviously their defense is at another level when they lock in. So, yeah, I love the way they're playing right now. Yeah. So I'm interested in what was your opinion of them as a championship contender coming into the playoffs and how much has their play against the Heat 
changed your opinion of them? Yeah, I think it was a little up and down for them for a while because obviously, you know, Drew missed a lot of time uh, with the COVID protocols. Giannis was in and out of line, lineup for a little while. And they had a couple games there where they were losing shootouts like 130 to 125 and having these games where they're giving up like 20 plus threes. And I think that was a little concerning because we know, you know, the, the foundation of this Bucks team is big time defense. Obviously, they got the, the reigning defensive player of the year. Brooke Lopez is great. They got Drew Holiday. And I thought they were kind of strong struggling a little bit there but I think in this series you've seen them really get back to to where they were you know at their best you know playing defense at, at an extremely high level uh, I mean I got it written down right now the the, the heat are shooting 38 percent in this series through three games Eesh. and a lot of that is just bad offense but I think a bunch of it is just the Milwaukee Bucks just clamping these guys up and they don't really have much they can really go to outside of Jimmy Butler. And man, I can't wait to see, you know, how they unleash all of those weapons defensively against a Brooklyn Nets team that has more weapons than anybody. Okay. You got to pick somebody now. You've picked both of them to get to the, to, to win the title. You got to pick one. Give us one. I've been telling everybody who's willing to listen, man, as long as number seven in the Brooklyn Nets jersey is healthy, I, I don't think anybody can beat Brooklyn, man. I, they got so much talent. Uh, obviously, the defense is going to be a struggle. <laughs> uh, the rebounding is going to be a struggle, but they just got so much talent. It's ridiculous what they got over there. And I always have to remind people, man, they could have Spencer Dinwiddie with this group, too. I mean, he's just over there just sitting out. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just ridiculous how much talent this group has, and, and they're still figuring it out and just whooping everybody uh, along the trail. So I love that Brooklyn Nets squad. Do you, would you consider, or like, would, do you think the Bucks could push them to like seven games though? Like, are you feeling that strongly about the Bucks in this matchup? Yeah, no doubt. Cause I think they have the de defensive, you know, versatility to, to match up with them. Obviously they got Drew, they got Giannis. Chris Middleton is a really good defender. We know PJ Tucker is, is King switch and he's going obviously take on that Kevin Durant matchup. I, I think a lot. Uh, so I, I think they've got the pieces there to match up. Uh, when we saw these two teams match up during a regular season, I think the one thing that stood out to me, it just seems like the, the Bucks have to score a lot to keep up. And I think it puts a lot on Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday to execute consistently. And I don't know if they can do that at the rate of a James Harden and Kyrie Irving. Uh, but I love the way, you know, they can just say, hey, Drew, whoever's hot, just go get him. Or Giannis, is Kevin Durant's doing too much? We can put Giannis on him and try to slow him down. Uh, I think they've got more answers than probably anybody else in the league. Uh, but I still don't think it's going to be enough just because Brooklyn, man, they're just too tough. Well, the other thing they got going for them, which Sam Vecini pointed out on Twitter a few nights ago, is they have some really good karma because if they had lost that second to last game against Miami, they could be playing the Knicks right now. They could have completely avoided this team that embarrassed them last year. And instead, they went straight into it and have clearly looked like they're going to come out the other side dominating it. And I think that's one of the reasons why I have felt so strongly about the Bucks now is because they chose to face this Miami Heat team and have just absolutely dominated them on on in every facet of the game. Yeah, it's like the opposite of the Clippers, right? <laughs> yes, uh, they're, yes. They're like we're not scared of any matchup. We're not worried about where we land. We're just playing this thing out. And I think the karma is working in their favor. 
If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is meme mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man of the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Okay, thank you, Will, for giving us your hot take. But it is now time for Andrew versus the Beat, and we have our first two-time contestant, other than Andrew, of course, Will Gillery, who beat Andrew previously. But Andrew is back for revenge. He stomped me in the first matchup. Just destroyed. He me. did. But to be fair, Will had the benefit of all the questions being about the New Orleans Pelicans, the team he True. covers. Yeah, it was kinda, this it time, was kind of cheating because as we established during that trivia game, I was there for like half of the questions. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that was true. This time, it's going to be different, though. This time, you're on equal footing because all of the questions this week are about first round series. So this could be throughout NBA history, not necessarily even this year. Oh this is throughout NBA history. Trivia questions about first round series. So it's going to be the exact same way. We have eight trivia questions. We're going to start with Will, who's going to give us a number between one and eight. It may be an easy question. It may be a hard question. If Will doesn't get it right, Andrew will have a chance to steal for one point. If Will gets it right, he'll get two points. We'll go back and forth until all the questions are answered. Will, what number would you like between one and eight? I got to go with the same one I did last time, man. Number seven. Number seven. Okay. Things may look bleak for the Clippers right now, but if anyone can make a comeback, it's the Clippers because they are responsible for the largest and second largest comebacks in the first round of the playoffs in NBA history. The largest comeback was in 2019 against the Warriors, while the second largest comeback was in 2012 against the Grizzlies. Who were the two Clippers that were the leading scorers in those two games? Oh, wow. 2019 against the Warriors, correct? Yes, and I will give you one point per correct answer. Obviously, two if you get both of them. Okay, 2019, I feel like that was the game where Lou Williams went crazy, so I want to go 
Is that correct? That is correct. Oh, no, for one point. Oh, you had me nervous there. Yeah, had me nervous there. <laughs> I'm going Lou Will in 2019. And for some reason, in my head, I, I just see Swaggy P and that first Swaggy P shirt after that uh, Memphis Grizzlies game. So I'm going Nick Young for that 2012 comeback. And Will, that is absolutely correct. You got both of them for two points. A quick start for Will again. Andrew. You're already behind the eight ball, but it is your question. Uh, number question between one and eight. Number two. Question number two. Only 10 teams have ever won a first round series as a seventh or an eighth seed. Lakers could possibly become the 11th. Which franchise accounts for three of those 10 first round upsets? So this franchise has done it three times. The Knicks... The New York Knicks. Andrew, that is incorrect. Mm. Will, you have a chance to steal for one point. Which team is it? They've won as a seventh or an eighth seed three times. Won as a seventh or an eighth seed three times. Wow. Um, I'm going to go Dallas Mavericks. The Dallas Mavericks. Well, actually, they were on the other side of one of these. It is the Golden State Warriors. They won in 2007, of course, 1991 over the Spurs, and 1989 over the Utah Jazz. So no points for anyone in that round, and it is back to Will. I'm going to go number three, please. Oh, my favorite question. Uh Uh-oh. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Uh, I think it's always a bad thing. One of the most (laughs) memorable first round moments in NBA history was the We Believe Warriors first round upset over the number one seed Dallas Mavericks in six games. We're going to attempt to name all 12 players who received playoff minutes on the We Believe Warriors. We're going to start with Will, then go to Andrew back and forth. Oh, man. We'll see who gets the most right. Okay, uh, I'm going to go Matt Barnes. That is correct to Andrew. Uh, Steven Jackson. That is correct. Back to Will. Uh, Baron Davis. That is correct. Andrew. Andres Biedrens. Yes. Starting center, Andres Biedrens. Back to Will. Um, Al Harrington. Yes. Big Al Harrington. Andrew. Oh, well. <laughs> Andrew, do you believe? Oh, Lord. This is where it gets tough. <laughs> this is where it gets really murky. Such a fun team, the We Believe Warriors. One in six games. Beat Dirk in the Mavs. The MVP. Um, shoot. Can you name another player on that team? Seven. 2007. Jason Richardson? Yes, that is correct. That is the fifth starter. So you guys have gotten all the starters and one of the bench players and Al Harrington. Back to Will. I'm going to... uh. Do one of my favorite memes uh, when I name this guy. Uh, I'm going to look at my keyboard and uh, kind of. <laughs> yes. yes. Okay. Type uh, Monte Ellis. Yes. One of my favorite players of all time. Monte Ellis. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Andrew. I will admit this is where it gets very tough. Oh but gosh. there is still a couple names here where when you hear them, you're going to be like, ah, yes. We believe Warriors. Was Michael Petrus on this team? Yes, Mike Mikhail Petrus. I think that's how you said it. Or is it just Michael? Either way, you got it right. And we are going back to Will. You guys have gotten eight of the 12. 
This is incredible. Very stressful. I'm going to just uh, throw a Hail Mary here. And, okay, uh, okay. And say uh, O'Donnell Foyle. <laughs> no. O'Donnell Foyle. Was he on the We Believe Warriors? Yes, he was. Oh, well. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. And he got playoff minutes. Sorry, Andrew. <sighs> okay. I think, okay. I think I have another one. Oh, yes. Who is it? it was Kalena Azabuke on this? Azabuke? Azabuke? However you say it? On this yes. Team? Kalena Azabuke, current Warriors broadcaster, was on this team, yeah. which means we have gotten all 10 of the 12 names I thought you would get. There are still two names left, and these two guys got playoff minutes. I think they were in the single digits. Good luck. Will, can you come up with anything? Oh, my God. Uh, Azubuki's a good one, man. He's really good on the broadcast. I'm he glad we gave him a shout out. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was a really impressive run you guys just had. Yeah. I, I got no matter nothing, what happens. Man. I, I, did, I dug way deep for a Donald Foyle, so I got uh, nothing left. <laughs> I haven't thought about that name in so long. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to throw uh, Chris Mullen. I don't know. <laughs> the final two, Josh Powell. Mm. Former Laker Josh Powell. Sir- former right. Laker Josh Powell. And Sarunas Joseph. Jessicavichus. Vicious. Yes. There you huh. go. I so, was not expecting that one. Never. No way Josh Powell would have been a crazy pull. <laughs> okay. So, Andrew, you got that question. You get a point. <laughs> <laughs> and. And it is your turn, Andrew. Okay. Uh, let's go eight. Okay. Question number eight. Over the last 20 years, which NBA team has had the most one and done appearances in the playoffs? So in other words, the team that made the playoffs and lost in the first round the most amount of times. Orlando Magic? That is incorrect. <laughs> Will, you have a chance to steal... Those team really that nice made days. the playoffs and lost in the first round the most amount of times over the last 20 years. It's tough because it has to be a team that makes it a lot. Correct. But they have to lose a lot. And I feel like going east is a safe bet here, right? Um, I'm going to go um, maybe Atlanta Hawks. Ah, the Joe Johnson Hawks definitely made the playoffs a lot. But they also made it to the second round a lot. That is incorrect. So interestingly, I thought the same way you did, that the East would be where it is. And it is. But would you believe that the Mavericks and the Nuggets are both tied for ninth, like nine times this happened over the last 20 years? The number one team, though, with 10, Andrew, you should have gotten this, the Indiana Pacers, (laughs) the team you're always talking about. I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that moving forward. That's a good one. (laughs) All right, so it's back to Will. We have a crazy score of two, two, one. Yeah, I'm going to go with the uh, every Pelicans fan uh, favorite number after this last season. Number five. Number five. How many overtime periods were there in the 2009 first round series between the Boston Celtics and Chicago Bulls? Oh, yes. Uh, the, the famous Ben Gordon, Kirk Heinrich series. So, for instance, if it was a two-overtime game, that would count as two overtime periods. So, mm-hmm. I'm talking total number of overtime periods in that series. I want to say like at least four of those games with the OT. So, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go five. Uh, I think one double OT. 
That is incorrect. Andrew, you have a chance to steal for one point. You have to do is give me a number. How many overtime periods in the 2009 first round series between the Celtics and the Bulls? Seven? Seven. Andrew, that is correct. Yes. Wow. And we now have a tie game two to two. And Andrew has control of the board. There are three questions left. Oh, my gosh. Six. Yes, I am so glad that you picked oh, this. Oh, no, I am not. I can't wait to see what you say. <laughs> in the mid-2000s, the Cavs and Wizards faced each other in three straight first-round matchups. One of the stranger subplots of that series was the ongoing beef between LeBron James and Deshaun Stevenson. When Stevenson called LeBron overrated after LeBron missed a game-winning shot against him in the regular season... LeBron escalated things by comparing himself to Jay-Z while comparing Stevenson to this rapper who sat courtside for game three of the 2008 first round series in seats that Deshaun Stevenson bought for him. Who was that rapper? Andrew going through his Rolodex of rappers. Yeah, thanks. Um, Who are you going to give me, Andrew? (laughs) uh, Lil Bow Wow or Bow Wow. I don't know which he was at the time, but that's what I'll go with. Oh, hey, impressive that you knew that he made the name change. Uh, That is incorrect, though. (laughs) Will, you have a chance to steal for one point. Oh, God. I thought you were going to ask who made a song about that beef, because that's like one of my favorite Jay-Z songs. The the infamous Deshaun Stevenson song. It was random (laughs) NBA player to ever have a Jay-Z song about them. Um. I'm going. This might be a little bit before his time. I don't think he did. He shouted out any DC rappers because that would have been kind of disrespectful. So I'm going to go uh, Lil B. Is that correct? Lil B. A pretty solid guess. No, it was a different mm. one hit wonder. I believe he's from. Actually, I don't know where he's from. It was Soldier Boy. <laughs> oh, Soldier Boy. Man. I guess Soldier Boy. Soldier Boy. I found the the clips. He he got. F- Courtside seats, wearing the Deshaun Stevenson jersey. It's great memories. (laughs) Okay, so we are still tied. Two questions left. Either question one or number four, and it is Will's turn. I'm going to go number one, please. Okay. There have only been three players in NBA history to have two 50-point games in one first-round series in the NBA playoffs. Who are those players? So within a single series, mm-hmm. having two 50-point games, three players have done that. And you have to name all three. Did you say a specific time span or just three ever? NBA history, yeah. Okay. So in the first round, I'm going to go. And I won't say yes or no for these. So you'll just give me three names. <sighs> two 50 balls in the first round. I'm going to go. Donovan Mitchell last year in the first round. Okay, that's one name. I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go Michael Jordan just cause. Okay. And I'm gonna go Kobe Bryant just cause. All right, that was incorrect, Andrew. I'm not gonna tell you if any of them were correct or incorrect. You just have to give me three names now. These are the three players who have had two. 50-point games in a single first-round playoff series? Oh, boy. It's a tough question. I'll stick with the Donovan Mitchell and then... Shoot. (laughs) 
Andrew, you look like you're in pain. I am. Because I'm very close. <laughs> you are very close. It is a tie game. It's a tight battle right here. Michael Jordan, Jamal Murray. Okay, so Michael Jordan, Donovan Mitchell, and Jamal Murray. Andrew, that is correct. Yes! Wow. Okay. Wow. That was impressive. The reason I like that question is because obviously Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray did it in the same series. And then I figured, well, just guess MJ. (laughs) Kind of like Will said. Like, why not? Yeah. Who else would it be? Sounds right. The only thing in my mind, I don't know why I thought Jamal Murray did it twice in the second round. It was both of them did it in the same series in that first round series. That's right. Okay. So how this is ending, there's one question left. Andrew has control of the board. So if Andrew gets this right, it's over. (sighs) Andrew, you've got the win. If you get it wrong, Will's going to have a chance to tie it up and you're going to have another tie, Andrew. So you got to get this right. Here is the question. Okay. In 2000, (laughs) <laughs> in 2011, the Atlanta Hawks beat this player in the first round of the playoffs and in an all-time petty move, left two tickets for them at the box office for game one of their second round series against the Bulls. Who was the player? 2011. 2011. They beat this player in the first round series. And then when they went to their second round series against the Bulls, they left him tickets at the box office for game one of their series. Is this Dwight Howard? That is incorrect. Mm. So Will has a chance to tie it. If he can get this right, the Atlanta Hawks left two tickets for this player who they beat in the first round for game one of their second round series against the Bulls. So they play the Bulls in the second round. Andrew has his hands in his on his head. He looks like he's crying. He can wipe away months of losing. Will cannot answer this correctly. Yeah, I'm stumped with this one, man. I'm going to go stick with our... uh, uh, I'll stick with a guy we brought up earlier, uh, Steven Jackson. Steven Jackson, Captain Jack. Was that who the Hawks left tickets for, Andrew? I don't know. No, it was not, which means Andrew wins. Three to two. And here's the crazy thing, yes. Andrew. You had the you had the team right. You had the team right. It was not Dwight Howard. It was Jameer Nelson. And the reason why was because in an end of like the regular season game against the Bulls, he went up to Derrick Rose after the game and said, Hey, we'll see you in the second round. <laughs> the, the Hawks found out about this and then left him two tickets after they beat him. That's a baller. That move. is a great troll. That's a great troll. Oh, Andrew, Andrew the congratulations. person to be involved with a situation like that as well. <laughs> right. I know. I know. So weird. Oh, well, thanks so much for bringing your hot takes. Thanks so much for joining the trivia show. Thanks for, so much for letting me win my very first week. <laughs> there we go. It was this this game was much better than probably any other game we've watched so far in the first round of the playoffs. That was good. <laughs> uh, well, we appreciate you, man. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. Huge thanks to Will for joining the show again. You got to go follow all of Will's work. I want to first read before we go two five star reviews that we got on Apple Podcasts. This first one is from Great Britain. It's from my friend Max Dunn. Max says. Love the new Saturday Slam and Jam show. Amazing to get a wrap on the week. The Wheel of Fandom is genius to fire lads. 
fire emoji. Thank you so much, Max. And then from Jordan SC, Alex and Andrew's pod has quickly become my favorite. I genuinely look forward to hearing it every Saturday. Great fusion of insight, humor, and chemistry. Thanks for the good work, guys. We really appreciate those. If you'll leave us a review, we will read it on the podcast. We'd appreciate if you guys would do that this week. Enjoy the rest of the first round. Hope you guys have a great, great Saturday, and we will talk to you guys again next week.